Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? I am okay, AJ. I'm okay. You know, you're okay. You're just okay. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I'm happy with the uh, with this past weekend's results. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so much to take in. Two races, 500 laps. You know, it feels it's, like too much. Too much. It, it is a lot. It is a lot. I I do have to admit. Um, it's it is also Friday, July 28th. So we, we're recording quite a bit later than um, it's not exactly top of mind, I guess. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Iowa, obviously doubleheader, high V home front 250, high V one step 250. Um, a lot of racing, a lot of stuff that I think at this point has probably, you know, slowly I don't know, dissolved. What what's evaporated? Evaporated. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Slowly evaporated from our brains. Um, but you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, Joseph Newgarden swept the doubleheader in Iowa. It's always fun watching the races in Iowa, especially even though it's like I said last week, the house that Joseph Newgarden built, which I want to point out that Hinch mentioned that he used that exact phrase. I mean, did you I, during the race? Can you say that you coined that, though? I don't know. I don't know. All I can say is it seems like James Hinchcliffe is a listener of the 16th Street Scanner. That's <laughs> th- th- Those are the context clues. That's that's what I'm picking up here. So just, you know. Hey, you never know. You never I didn't know pull anymore. that from anywhere. Yes, it's a very commonly used phrase, but. And in the prior week, we had said, you know, the house that Michael Andretti built. Exactly. Um, so, I mean. There's some consistency there. Yeah. Well, what'd you think of the weekend? Your first uh, Iowa Iowa doubleheader. What'd you think? Well, before the race, uh, you know, last week I was like, I really, I'm excited to watch oval racing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, like, because it's so small, mm-hmm. uh, it almost doesn't even feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited for that. You know, I, I didn't catch any of the concerts or whatever, <laughs> even though like I <laughs> know that Carrie Underwood fan. It's just like, you know, Ed Sheeran's he doesn't get me going. <laughs> I, I need some classic rock or some punk. Um, But uh, and like I'm there for racing, you know, yeah. Um, if I'm going to spend my time watching TV, uh, it's going to be for for the race. So, I you know, I thought it, it presented really well on Peacock. I thought that think that's the first time I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a big thing for me, too, is that they they had side by side on Peacock this week, which I'm sure some of you already noticed and were thrilled about that also. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I, the, I'm, that's all I'm asking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, 
just don't interrupt me and then cut back and it's like oh Joseph Newgarden's got a five second lead um yeah. well yeah hopefully that continues for the rest of the year that's a positive that's a positive move um in terms of the broadcast we can talk more about the broadcast later if we've got stuff to, yeah yeah if we've got stuff to you know really hone in on but um yeah like i said earlier joseph newgarden swept the weekend one on saturday one on sunday um he has now won five straight ovals he's the defending winner of every oval on the schedule which i don't know if you realize that or not i did i'm you know i'm excited yeah uh, yeah i well i again i'm gonna you know brag a little bit here i i think it was after indy i said what if joseph newgarden sweeps the ovals here we are four out of five ovals later joseph newgarden has won all four so just throwing that out there i think i'm <laughs> you know well once you get through the 500 i mean i'm not saying it's easy but well, you, you didn't go sweep through... them last year <laughs> he almost did but he did yeah well yeah you, you know you can't avoid some stuff <laughs> if, if you go flying into a wall uh but <laughs> yeah you know i i think it like that's super exciting for the sport and i'm excited that there's a competitor to alex below it looks like uh we'll see what happens in the next couple of races because you know not everything's an oval uh but it, it's it's cool you know at least we're getting something the race for second is a, a little bit more exciting too so do you do you think joseph newgarden now has an actual chance at the title or is this just kind of like well yeah it's a better chance but is it kind of like you know he's got he's still he's still got a hill to climb like stuff could stuff could happen you know polo could it it hasn't happened i'll say that (laughs) polo has dominated (laughs) but it could happen uh so you know where there's a will there's a way and if if you come down to the nail biter finish like we did with Sunday's race, uh, that would be excellent. Yeah. Well, I should note that Alex Pillow finished eighth on Saturday. Um, podium on Saturday was Joseph Newgarden, Scott McLaughlin, Pato Award, and then Sunday Joseph Newgarden, Will Power, Alex Pillow. Um, do you think that Alex Pillow kind of lucked into that podium on Sunday? Because that's kind of how I feel. It was. I don't want to use the word luck because you have to put yourself. I we've gone through that. Ex- yeah, <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that. But like, it kind of did, right? Because power was, uh, you know, he cut up, <laughs> cut up the middle, and then um, I, I can I can visualize this in my head, but all the cars. Yeah, better. well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about this without talking about Felix Rosenquist on Sunday yes. because. He was running second. He was the only guy the entire weekend, basically, who seemed like he had anything for Newgarden, which I've also I've also been thinking this, but I've been imagining a just like a guy that pronounces Newgarden is Nuge Arden. I don't know <laughs> why I've been thinking about that for a long time. So sometimes in my head, I say Nuge Arden. But anyway, uh, New Jordan, new, new jo- Joseph, new Jordan. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Felix kind of got boned, and Will Power kind of drove him up track on that last restart, and unfortunately, but, Felix finished off the podium. But I feel like that kind of gifted Polo that third place. I felt like the the yeah, well, I, I agree with that. I think that did gift put. 
below third place. But Felix has to like I feel like he has to keep he has to play that restart better. Absolutely. That's, that's totally part agree. of it. Like he had he was way too far back from New Garden. Yeah. Um which is and then that <laughs> Will Power's right there. Like yeah. I don't know how many times have I seen that overtake done like all the time, I feel like. You know, it's yeah. a classic. Well, so. yeah, and when you're sandwiched by two two-time champions both driving for Team Penske, like you have to be on your A game. Otherwise, you're going to get taken advantage of. And he clearly got taken advantage of. And I feel like that's a thing that just has been consistent with Felix throughout almost his entire career is that when he is in kind of a high leverage situation, if you want to borrow some like baseball terms, you know, Mm -hmm. when you bring in the closer or like, you know, the setup guy. Yeah. Like he hasn't delivered. He hasn't followed through. He's put himself in situations and he's not, you know, he's kind of shit shit himself. Yeah. I mean, he still performs (laughs) decent. It's not like he's, you know, he's not in 20th. He's not Jack Harveying himself all over the track. Uh, so, and he keeps the car in shape most of the time. Yeah. Like, which is, some... well, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, <laughs> I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but some of the time. Yeah. He's not Stingray robbing it. No. <laughs> there you go. That's a better comparison. I, um, and yeah, he's been better than Grosjean in terms of keeping the car in one piece. But yeah, that's a very low bar. Yeah. 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 If Grosjean's the bar, if if at least 2023 Grosjean is the bar, then it's pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just it's so frustrating. It's like he's it's clearly there. The stuff is all there. He just can't put it together. For whatever reason, he just can't do it. And you got to wonder. I mean, he's been in so many. He's had so many good opportunities to win races. And he's only finished the job one time. And that was now like three years ago. So. But I'll tell you, that's more than some. It's more than some other people who. uh <laughs> who Yeah. Recently exited the sport. <laughs> um <laughs> So, but still, yeah, one, one win in the last three years in one of the top cars. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be thinking, especially now he's got to compete and, you know, he's doing better than he's doing better than Rossi, I think. Right. I mean, it's wait, Felix, you mean? Yeah. No, Felix has not been better than Rossi. (laughs) This shows you. How many people are on the track that I can't keep track of? <laughs> I mean, they're teammates. It's I have a hard time telling because they're. I feel like they change, like they swap out colors so often. Mm-hmm. The McLaren crew, like one week Felix is in the orange and light blue, and one week he's in the orange and dark blue, and then like the next week it's opposite, and like Rossi's in the dark blue, you know. Yeah, I feel like they've kind of swapped like the only one that's consistent is Pato in the, in the orange to black. But yeah, so Rossi's 10th in points. Um, and Felix is 12th and he's 32 points back of Rossi. So I bet, I bet you there's just been those like standout races for Felix where I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he's up there. But Rossi's just been kind of quieter and, you know consistent 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the ceiling hasn't been as high for Rossi. Um, Rossi has four top fives. Um, and Felix only has three. But um, Felix also has a pole. So, like, I don't know. I feel like Rossi's been kind of steady Eddie, you know, like mm-hmm. very consistent. And Felix has kind of had some shots here and there. Kind of what you just said, like. But again, he hasn't had a podium. I guess he had one. But yeah, he's also had some tough finishes. So, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I Felix's seat is probably already gone. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it was kind of I think everyone was kind of operating under the assumption that he was gone at the start of the season because. Yeah. I mean, no one was anticipating, I don't think, at least I wasn't anticipating the season that Alex Pillow was having. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone kind of assumed Pillow was taking that spot and everyone was kind of hoping that, well, I don't know if everyone was hoping, but <laughs> <laughs> but some people were speculating that there might be a fourth McLaren seat opening up. Yeah. And I don't, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at this point, but that was kind of his only hope. That's kind of what I felt like coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Even, and then now that Polo is like separating himself to the level that he is, like his kind of, the only hope for Felix is that Polo goes to F1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but even like, then, like, they, they, I feel like they'll fill that seat with someone else. Felix, I think he's bound to go to, you know, the Meyer shanks or the, you know, the, well, see, the, th- the thing for me though, is that like who other than maybe Marcus Erickson, who is a free agent this year that would be better, you know, like reliably better. I can't really think of anyone other than Marcus Erickson. Yeah. And Erickson's going, I saw something about Erickson recently in the in the news. It was just I just saw the quick player, but I don't know if he's going to uh for sure take a spot or what. Um it seems like there's speculation that he's going to Andretti. Um Yes. Yeah, that's what I saw. I do think if if Polo does end up in F1, I think there's a possibility that Erickson could end up in McLaren. Um but there's also a possibility that he sticks it sticks it out at Ganassi, especially if Polo leaves mm-hmm. and Ganassi, Chip Ganassi, you know, decides that yeah he wants to pay Marcus instead of Marcus paying Chip. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I can't believe no one has like solidified anything at this point. That's what I can't. It's really weird. Understand. It's weird for it to be this late. Uh, like it feel is, does it feel late to you? I don't like. I have no context. So yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. last year at Toronto, that's when all the Alex Pillow McLaren stuff went down. Is like okay. he had signed, supposedly signed with McLaren, and Chip Ganassi was like, "We actually have Pillow for another year," and that's like that's when that all started. And that was what two weeks ago now. Yeah. And so I think a other, couple other dominoes had already fallen at that point because it's not like Pillow was like the big ticket guy at that point. Yeah, he was good and, you know, he's a former champ, but like no one was like, not nah, you were this guy is controlling the entire market like he is yeah. this year. 
Yeah, and he's potentially making the leap to F1 with the big bucks. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we we're talking about Joseph Newgarden, right? <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> um, it's hard. To, it's just hard to not talk below. I know. Um, but this was Newgarden's weekend front to back, man. Um, it really was. My prediction was double podium, uh, and he definitely <laughs> outdid that. So, uh, of course, after I go on the record saying because we're we all think it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. It still happens. Yeah. Well, it, you know, if he wins Gateway. And he sweeps like how many people have done, you know, um, like because I want to say how many people have won for ovals, but like <laughs> there, there's so much change mm-hmm. in like the tracks. Like I n- not each season is comparable to the another season. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's been stuff all, you know, the, the schedule changes every year. So, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see him sweep it. It would be cool to see him sweep it. Um and I think if he does, that is, I think that's probably like his only hope for the title. Um, yeah, yeah, he has for he has to win Gateway if he's trying to get the title. I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, I feel like that's his best opportunity to like make up a big amount of points and and Polo has to crash. Yeah, I mean he's gonna, I mean not necessarily crash, but he needs he needs luck. <laughs> like yeah. He needs something bad to happen to Polo probably a couple times. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it is good that it didn't get further out of hand. Oh yeah, like Polo's lead. You mean? Yeah, yeah. No, because if like if Polo had won one of these races and New Garden like you know was out of the top ten. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, then it's like it's over for sure. Yeah, I feel like, um, it would be cool to see Joseph Newgarden win the championship in Nashville, um, in his like little home city, right? Well, spoiler alert, <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's next year. Is they're moving the, the oh, okay. finale to Nashville? Where are they at this year? Oh yeah, uh, Laguna Seca, Laguna Seca. Yeah. WeatherTech Raceway. Out I can't in keep my brain straight, man. I feel like I've yeah. been running this whole week. I've just been running like constant, which is why we're recording on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you had a full full week. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I yeah I don't blame. Well, you. It's, maybe uh, Joseph Newgarden will win next year. And two, like it's two races, like two full races. Every other episode we've done so far has been like discussing half of this and half the information. Yeah, I just can't so. even keep my brain straight. <laughs> I mean, do you think the double header is like an issue for new fans? Do you think that's like uh I don't want to call it an issue because like the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. Um but like you just gotta make a weekend of it, you know. Uh, yeah. If you're a hardcore IndyCar fan, which, you know, I think we are, you're going to at least sit down and watch it sitting yeah. down, dedicating your whole weekend to it. Uh, unless you're there, it's kind of like, you know, a different story. They need to make it an event where it's like the only thing I want to do right now in my life is be at my couch watching this. Yeah. Uh, very. That's a high bar. <laughs> very high bar. So. 
uh yeah you know it's not i don't you know i don't know what else you're gonna do um yeah i mean it's hard to it's hard to get to that point i mean i like thinking about myself like yeah i mean i want to be sitting down and watching every indycar race but i very obviously don't well you watch them but you don't watch i mean i watch them all but i've like i've probably watched outside of i mean i've been at two races this year but we're what 11 races in yeah i mean i've watched i don't know like five of them live it just doesn't feel good you know i feel weird because like but the thing is i can avoid the spoiler Mm -hmm. i can't do that with like baseball my phone will text me and i'll be like oh yeah socks lost today yep no no brainer well, and it's also, I mean, you have 161 other games. Yeah. <laughs> like w- missing one Sox game isn't like you, the, you go into the baseball season, assuming you're going to miss some games. Yeah. yeah. Like you could be as big as a fan out there and like, you're still going to miss some games. Yeah. No, even when I had season tickets, I, I watched, you know, probably 140 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're still uh, now was like a commitment like it was yeah. like you know and it was covid so it's kind of easy i mean that's um, literally half the year <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly it's half the year yeah where this is like you know yeah it's about a month mm-hmm. half a month you know a couple weeks um i think part of it is like where we're at in our lives that too Just yeah like full disclosure we're both 28 right yep so like we've got other stuff going on. We're like trying to be. Yeah. You know, you know maybe if I'm like, maybe if I have a family and like responsibilities and I'm more grounded in yeah. my home, I might be watching this live. Yeah. 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 Like it's also like big time wedding period. You know, people are getting yeah. married and people are doing stuff and like, having get togethers and like hosting people at their new house or whatever. So yeah, it's just like difficult to, you you know, you think about like 17 races doesn't really seem like that much, but then when you plot it all out on the calendar, especially in the summer, like you want to do stuff in the summer. It's when yeah, you t- get concerts, man. Yeah. <laughs> concerts. And you know, did you also- go see Oppenheimer or Barbie? Like there's movies to see, like, yeah, there's tons of stuff, stuff man. to do. So, well, I'm glad you had the conversation because, like, I, I was feeling a little bad. I'm like, man, I've, I've missed a few of these live uh, and it just doesn't feel right because it, it, I still I can still get excited. Mm-hmm. But when I'm watching live, I get really excited uh, because I know there's someone out there. It's like an event. <laughs> like there's people sitting there seeing the same thing. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's weird because I almost feel like it's easier to commit to like a whole weekend being there than it is to like commit to a whole weekend watching on oh yeah exactly yeah because at that point you kind of feel like a lazy bum just like sitting on the couch like probably drinking a high life (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and if you're drinking a high life at 3 p.m that's kind of that's you're you're like punting on the rest of your day yeah guess how (laughs) guess how the rest of your day is going boss (laughs) yeah you're gonna watch the race it's gonna be over at 4 30 you're gonna fall asleep at 5 you're gonna wake up at 8 30 you're it sounds like you've be, done this before. <laughs> I unfortunately won too many times. And then you're going to make a frozen pizza and you're going to eat dinner at 915. And 
then you will fall asleep again on the couch at 11.30, and then you'll wake up at 3 a.m. and (laughs) slowly make your way up to your actual bed, and then wake up at 10, unless it's a Sunday in which you have to work, and then you have the least productive day of your life. (laughs) And so... (laughs) It's all hypothetical. All hypothetical. (laughs) Uh, Imagine scenario. (laughs) So I guess, uh, yeah, it's not, you know... It's not the worst thing in the world to miss it live, but it it does make it better. You know, it does. I I love like, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about the state of Twitter or not, but like, I love being able to like look and see what other people are saying about what is happening while it's happening. Yeah. You know, that's part like anymore. It's part of the modern experience, I guess. Yeah. Before, I guess it was just like, what you and your dad in the in the living room <laughs> and your dad's kind of a soft-spoken guy. He might be like, well, there's a good race. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's it about it. <laughs> very, very different. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember. Well, I guess this was like during the prime of the DVR when like, Oh yeah. TiVos were like, yeah, you know, this is like the heyday yeah. of recording live television. But yeah, like why like record like Saturday night there was uh, there was a race at Kentucky one year. On sa- it was a Saturday night race. It was the year I think Ryan Briscoe won and it was like photo finish like drag race to the line. Him and Ed Carpenter and Ed Carpenter was it was Vision Racing was still around which you probably have never heard never that ever in your entire life. Um Vision Racing was like almost the precursor to Ed Carpenter Racing. It was part owned by Tony George, which I think we was this last week or a couple yeah. weeks ago. We talked about Tony George. We did talk about Tony George. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I remember. It, so it was a Saturday night race. And I remember Sunday night, like. My parents had gone to bed and me and my older sister, Sarah, watched the race on Sunday night at like 10 p.m. Via DVR you know <laughs> yeah and it's not like this was like 2009 or 2010 so this is a photo finish so you got the big comcast like silver remote is it was it like yes that? Yeah. exactly <laughs> yes in the big yeah. silver box yeah yeah that, like, like put the yeah it had the frame channel frame. number on the screen yes <laughs> exactly just it was a very different yeah very different time but if like if you didn't have a dvr and you missed the race you were kind of out of luck it was yeah, just like that- it vanished <laughs> they, they disappeared they, into ether. They wouldn't syndicate it. Wouldn't put it on at like three a.m. I don't think at that point it was like all on ESPN, and ESPN had like way better things to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like ESPN even like rerunning Sports Center at three a.m. was probably better than rerunning an IndyCar race at three a.m. You know? Yeah. So you can thank uh, Bob Iger for that. CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Current, current, and past CEO of Disney, and past CEO of uh, ABC, ESPN. So, well, well, shout out Neil Everett and Stan Verrett, those late night, late night ESPN Sports Center hosts <laughs> or anchors, I suppose. We're going. We've been. This was a little diet, like little. Yeah, we're. Yeah. 
Well, we, <laughs> the last couple of weeks, we've been like going on severe tangents. Here's the thing. The, the race, I'm not good. Race one was a little, little boring. <laughs> uh, in terms of like Joseph Newgarden, yeah. like you, you at one point they cut to his strategist and I mean, I've never seen a strategist just like so just like hands off with like 30 laps left, <laughs> like, like hands in his lap, just like chilling. That mm-hmm. dude could have had, you know, he could have had. Are you something. chilling? Are you chilling? Oh, exactly. exactly. Are you? Are you? Should I let you know if you're chilling a little too much? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like he had that in the bag. Like it was funny when at one point, like he got like someone got within a second of him, and then he just was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll go back to five seconds." Yeah. Um, Sunday, different story, totally mm-hmm. different story. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Sunday, like, you know, there was a couple things that happened that you know they didn't, uh, they didn't like shock me, but it, it helped kind of energize. <laughs> The race so that it wasn't just new garden it was cool seeing new garden lose the lead uh, a couple times <laughs> um and then like have to battle some guys off of restarts so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah sunday was definitely a more interesting race for sure i'm with you on that yeah so you know like that's where i'm coming from I'm like okay I, I can cover sunday a little bit more i the tire was stingray rob yeah do you want to talk about that because like this is yeah, complete. we have to talk about that. We also have to talk about race control. Speaking of Sunday, like, well, and I mean, the whole weekend, it like stuff was kind of all over the place, but we should start with the tire for sure. That was a really big mistake. <laughs> it was <laughs> like from a team perspective. I don't know who you're going to blame on that. I'd probably put a little bit more on Stingray Rob than anyone else, uh, but like he can only do so much. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was uh shocking to see him just basically take off without a tire. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't believe they told him to stop, but or they didn't tell him to stop. But yeah, I don't know. Did you see Marshall Pruitt's kind of recap of it on Racer? I did not. No. So apparently <laughs> Stingray also left the pits on Saturday with an unsecured tire. I suppose. Amazing. <laughs> and he made it back. And they like he got back to the pits and they put it on like securely and he went back out. And so apparently that was kind of, you know, which also the fact that they did that two day, two days in a row. Yeah, not (laughs) not even two races in a row, but two days in a row that that happened is kind of ridiculous. And I mean, they DQ'd him from the race because of this because of the loose tire that rolled out onto the track for those of you who didn't see it. Um, and almost got punted into the stands again. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, it is a huge safety issue. Like, oh, for sure. That and kind of mistake can kill someone. Yes. So. <laughs> it, like you, there's a lot of safety factors involved in a race and 90% of them are for the drivers. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> There's a portion of it that's for the fans and people at the track. And like those, in my opinion, are way more important 
No offense yeah. to the drivers. Like, well, the drivers haven't assumed risk. Yeah, I mean, you, you know you, what you you're signing a, up for. Yeah, you have a risk when you go into the stadium, right? Or like, you know, foul balls. Mm-hmm. You don't expect foul tires, really. Uh, yeah, there's not guys with signs. You know, hold on, <laughs> you're coming around. Don't go out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not. I mean, I've been to probably fifty races, fifty IndyCar races. And none of them until the 500 this year has a tire gone over the fence. And now five races later, there's another tire almost going over the fence, you know? Yeah. So like something. So, so what was the, what was the penalty for them? Like other than a DQ? I mean, yeah, they just DQ'd him. Like he's out of the race, but like, it should be, they have to have some sort of conversation Oh, I'm um, sure they did. Like, because to have I, I'm worrying of this back to back days happening right now. That is a fundamental problem with the team. Um, World's Dale Coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no offense, but, and I, I don't think Dale Coin would really dispute this very much. But I mean, it's it's effectively like. It's like halfway between Indy Lights and IndyCar. <laughs> and my, the other thing I have to think about now is like, well, what are you going to do to penalize them? You're going to put Stingray Rob in, in 20th place, 28th place on the grid? He's already there. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally, yeah. That's... Like, uh, you're not going to find the team because like they're probably barely here to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's a rock and a hard place for for race control in that situation, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like I think it's good that they DQ'd him. I think oh, yeah. setting that precedent is probably a good thing. That like if you know for a fact you didn't get the tire on and and the nut sound- is rolling down pit lane and <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. And you don't tell the guy to stop, yeah, you should be done for the day. That's yeah. I'm fine with that. I think that's I think that's a good precedent, as I said, good precedent to set. But mm-hmm. yeah. What did you think about um them not throwing the red flag on that last caution on Sunday? Um I'm trying to think. Was that when uh Graham No, so this was when oh. Ryan Hunter Ray hit oh, the yes. ball. Yeah. Coming out yeah. of four with like ten laps left. And this yeah. I feel like this was the big topic of conversation after after the race. Yeah, I mean, um, so what's the argument for throwing the red? I think I don't know. I'm not like I'm fine with how everything played That's out. That's kind of how I am. Like well, yeah, like I think if the goal is to finish under green flag, like what's the problem? They finished under, yeah, like, under racing conditions. They race to the finish. Um, but I think some people, because like the 500, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> when they threw three red flags in like the last 15 laps, and I think that would have given them time to like because it's happened in the past at Iowa where there's been a late yellow and people have thrown on tires and and then yeah. you have a a race. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there's like the an, guy an at, advantage. Yeah, the guy at front who stayed out and the three cars that are at the tail end of the lead lap but have fresh tires and like can pass 20 cars in 5 laps. 
kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what people were upset about is that that like by not throwing the red flag, they didn't give anyone the opportunity to do that because they didn't open the pits. They didn't give anyone a chance to take tires. And, and the yellow lasted about 10 laps, if I remember, uh, maybe a little bit more. I think uh, it was like I think it was only like six laps. Six laps. Wow. There, there wasn't like anything to clean up. Yeah, it was just a little. There was like a little carbon fiber thingy. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. But yeah, it was very quick, and they sent the lap cars down pit lane, and the lead lap cars like lined up one through five at the front of the field, and everyone else behind them, and like they threw the green flag, and there was four laps of green flag racing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember four laps. I just didn't remember when the when the crash happened. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I'm fine with the yellow. I think um you know, if you want to throw the reds, I can understand that argument. But like uh I guess it also depends on like pit strategy and where people were at. I don't know. I haven't taken the time to like look and see where each individual, you know, even like top the guys in the top 10, you know. I knew like the top 3, 4, 5, but not mm-hmm. you know. I don't think that that was going to be a deciding factor. Maybe for Scott, Scotty Mack. Um, well, there were only five cars on the lead lap. Yeah. So, so like, like, yeah, Scotty Mack's in fifth anyway. You might as well stop and get tires, and who yeah. knows what happens. Like, I mean, there was, I, I was at the Iowa race, I think it was 2015, but maybe it was the year before that. I don't know. But I think it was Joseph Newgarden and Ryan Hunter Ray both took tires and like storm to the front at a late restart. Like I think it was just Joseph Newgarden actually. And it might've been 20. Well, I was at the race in 2015, but I think it was 2014. They like both or no, Joseph Newgarden took tires and finished second or something, second or third. And he had been like running like 10th or whatever. He was like tail end Mm -hmm. of the lead lap all day. And managed to get a podium out of it because he took tires at the late. Yeah. You know, late caution. So. Like I get being upset, like for Scotty Mack being upset that like you could have had a chance to make up a few spots. Mm-hmm. But as a fan, I feel like. You want the guy who was dominant the whole day, who had the best car all day to win not some lottery at the end of the race you know yeah i don't i if joseph if joseph newgarden got beat because someone decided hey i get I'm, i want to you know i'm gonna pit here and get the tires mm-hmm. and then i'm just gonna whiz right by you that would have pissed me off um yeah. because this i don't know anyone who wasn't rooting for joseph newgarden granted like I'm sure there were a lot of people. I'm I'm sure there were like, there's a lot of polo fans out there now. And even Pato, a lot of Mm -hmm. Pato talk this weekend for someone who, uh, you know, in my opinion, wasn't super, super competitive. Uh, Podium on. Was he on on Saturday? (laughs) Yeah. He finished third. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll walk that statement back, but still, uh, you know what? he still he still isn't going to get a win uh this year i don't think he's winning um wow i'll stay i'll stand by that on it now i i think i called it earlier at least i maybe i just did it in my head um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah yeah so you know 
I can't even remember where I was going. I got distracted by Pato. I just remember <laughs> so much talk about Pato, and I'm like, this guy is like, don't get me wrong, he's fast. He's always been fast, but he's never been. He's like Felix. Um, he's on the cusp. He doesn't shit to bed like Felix does, but he also doesn't follow through like Felix. So yeah, I can see both sides of that argument. Yeah, probably. There's, I'm, I'm also probably wrong. I'm new to everything. So. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you're wrong about that. I I've been saying it too all year that Pato I feel like doesn't have like his reputation outweighs his results. Yeah, but he's still good for the sport because he brings yeah. so many people. So yeah, and I mean I'm sure there's plenty of people who would argue that like you could say the same thing about Colton Herta, which I think there's a discussion mm-hmm. to be had there. I feel like we've had that discussion. Yeah, right. This this year for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, probably last year too. Uh yeah. So yeah. um other race control stuff. Is there anything else there? Um, um I mean, what did you think about there were I, I I think it was primarily on Sunday, but I did feel like there was kind of some inconsistent application of the rules. I don't know. Like, so you had the yellow for Canapino who like touched the wall in two. Mm-hmm. It was like immediate. As soon as he hit the wall, we're throwing the flag, the yellow flag. Um, Then Sato brushed the wall coming out of two again, and they didn't throw the yellow. And he did a whole lap at like 70% speed before he came back in. And then at the very end of the race, as we discussed, Ryan Hunter Ray brushed the wall coming out of four, kind of similar to Graham on Saturday. And they immediately threw the yellow flag. And it's just weird to me that like some of like two of those incidents warranted a yellow flag and one of them didn't. And they were all kind of exactly the same. Yeah, Uh, I am curious, you know, the specific rules. Uh, If like if, you know, Canopino or Ryan Hunter Ray, like if it damaged the structural, you know, what what the wordage is around that. Uh, like if it hinders, if it's a safety issue and if like Sato's wasn't for whatever reason and how did they make that judgment call? Um, but if I'm remembering Sato's correctly, it, it seemed, you know, pretty consistent, uh, uh, with the others. So like, it wasn't just a, a brush brush, you know? I don't know. I just, I disagree. I feel like they were all kind of very similar. Cause like Sato, Sato broke a toe link. Like he came in, he had to stop. They had well, to change it out. That's what I mean. That's yeah. Like Sato. But like they didn't throw a yellow for that and they threw a yellow well, yeah. for the other two. We're saying the same thing. I think Sato, they should have thrown a yellow for Sato then. Uh, I'm just yeah. saying if, um, the, like if there's a specific way he hit the wall, like it, I'd like to understand the thought process of the application, the thought process behind the rule and the application of the rule. Um, but yeah, it does seem inconsistent, especially at first glance. Well, the thing is for, and it's probably different for me than it is for you, because as long as I can remember, they have thrown the yellow for on ovals. Anytime someone hits the wall, whether it's a glancing blow or like head on, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someone touches the wall unless it's like 
you know, like there's a slight tire mark and like no one really noticed. Like if if someone is making contact with the wall and in the car, they can tell. Yeah. Like they've thrown the yellow. Yeah. It's not like, oh, did he touch the wall? Or like they cut back to a replay five minutes later and they're like, look, he clips it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah. like my the one thing I think back to is in 97 and in Indy 500. And I had this because it was the race ran on Tuesday because there was rain on Sunday and Monday. So they had to push it back to Tuesday. And my dad recorded it like on a VHS. <laughs> so we had like a VHS tap tape of the 97 Indy 500 and I would watch it all the time and at the very end of the race Tony Stewart actually who many of you know is like a you know very famous and successful NASCAR Mm -hmm. driver um hit the wall coming out of turn four at Indy on like lap 197 or 198 whatever very late in the race and it was kind of similar to this year at the 500 where they threw the yellow and the white at the same time. And it was like a little bit different because like the caution lights were still on on the track. And um, it was kind of like a major screw up. Uh, it, you, at that point, USAC was still sanctioning the race and USAC was running the race control. But um, they threw the yellow that started that whole mess because Tony Stewart, like glancing blow, it wasn't like a hard hit. It wasn't like it incapacitated the car to the point where he couldn't continue to drive, at least to get get it back to the pits. But that's the thing I think like I think about. And that's at this point, 25 years ago, you know, yeah. and that's what that was the rule. And in the 25 years since then, that's how I remember the rule being app like applied. So, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was a little inconsistent and that's never a good thing. Well, yeah, that's the big thing that we've been saying all year. Yeah. Anytime you've been like, eh, should he have done this? Should have done that? I'm like, I don't care what the rules are as long as it's fair, <laughs> as long as it's applied yeah. consistently. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, unfortunate that they missed the saddle call, man. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just a weird overall weekend for race control in general, because I mean, like. You texted me about the Jack Harvey penalty on Saturday. Yeah. I thought that was super weird. And then like penalizing, I can't even remember what the exact penalty was for Kyle Kirkwood. Oh, they like didn't let him do the warm up because he missed driver way in or something. <laughs> I I cannot, I didn't even know IndyCar drivers had to do a way in, you know? Yeah. They never like, you know. Yeah. They don't publicize it. Yeah. It's not like F one where like you literally see them like the <laughs> guy wins the yeah. race yeah <laughs> he just walks over and gets weighed yeah. yeah yeah i don't know it was just a bizarre bizarre weekend in my opinion yeah it's like also the harvey penalty that like how do they how do they determine nine spots how did they come to that conclusion it feels like, weird yeah and he was also in the wreck it's yeah. not like he wrecked someone and kept going and finished like seventh <laughs> you know <laughs> like he also ruined his race in that, yeah, that, that well that was my point i think when i texted you like this guy it's already he, the price has been paid yeah <laughs> um so i don't know man uh weird 
weird weird weird manipulation uh but like the thing is like are these things that are going to impact new garden winning this race no <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and that's mostly what i care about the guy who won probably still would have won yeah um but still it's a little shady for the midfield yeah that was yeah it's just a weird weekend i don't know yeah we don't need to talk about it anymore <laughs> um who else you want to talk about from this weekend uh this weekend uh we can talk well touch lingard um you know because he's my boy yeah uh big lingard fan uh and <laughs> if i i you know i'm not disappointed because like he won he already exceeded expectations for the entire year that's true <laughs> um should he yeah you can take a rough weekend every now and again if you yeah won a race especially if you're coming off of it um <laughs> yeah so like you know 20th what um yeah he should be doing better though and i I just hope he's learning from the opportunities because he seems to suck on ovals so uh, i don't know if that's his fault entirely i'm like yeah graham like, on saturday said it was like the worst oval car he's had in his yeah career. i saw that <laughs> i was like wow that's a it's a statement yeah, so I'm not sure Lungard's car was probably that much better, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I don't know how much we can actually blame on him. You got to wonder what is going on over there. I mean, we've I mean, talked about it endlessly. Yeah, highs and lows right now, you know. Um, Dixon, you know, uh, I think he's probably out for the title. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's fighting for second. Um, yeah, maybe. I think so too. Uh, it's yeah. just too. Uh, there's not enough time at this point. It feels like. No. Yeah, it's it's a two horse race. I think at this point, I'm with you. It's yeah. I I think I saw something on Twitter like if Pelo finishes fifth, like if he averages a finish of fifth through the rest of the year, like he'll win the title. Like there's mathematically no way. That Joseph Newgarden can catch him. So that's crazy. And like, how many times has he not finished in the top five? Like three times. Yeah. I mean, his, his, I feel his, okay about that then. Um, you know, maybe. Oh, I mean, if like his worst finish is eighth, if, I mean, like, yeah, he's finished eighth twice. Other than that, his worst finish is fifth. <laughs> Like he absolutely deserves the title. He does yes. at this point. I mean, even even if he has like two bad weeks in the last five, like he still earned it, you know. Yeah. And if if Newgarden can come back and somehow win it, like <laughs> that's the comeback of the century, in my opinion. Like that's, probably, but like that's like. No one's going to regard it in this sense, but that's like 69 Miracle Mets. That's like <laughs> like the 80 U.S. Hockey Olympic team. If he, you the know, thing is if even if he just sweeps the ovals, like that's also an achievement. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So like, you know, either either way, this has been a really great season for him, Um, you know. Yeah. Like he can hang his hat up at the end of the day and be like, yeah, this was a good one. Yeah. And I mean, he with barring anything insane, like totally 
out of nowhere happening, I mean, he's going to win the <laughs> championship. It's like he's oh, got hello. an 80-point yeah. lead, yeah, with five races left. Yeah, it'll take some work, take some doing. Um, Does Paul have his DNF yet? No. No, his, his worst finish this year is eighth. I can read off his results for the entire year if you want. Nah, I think I'm good. I'm going to do it anyway because it's kind <laughs> of insane. So St. Pete, he finished eighth. Then it's third, fifth, fifth, first, fourth. And that fourth is at Indy when he got wrecked in pit lane and had to go to the back of the field. First, 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 second, eighth, third. Yeah, kind of crazy, man. It's nuts. Stays out of trouble. His car is well maintained. And it, it's it's crazy to have that level of consistency while also like winning that much. Yeah. <laughs> you I know bet, what I mean? I bet you Chip just sits there and smokes a stogie and watches every person who will touches that car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm now gonna read off Joseph Newgarden's results this year because they've both won four races this year. And after hearing Joseph Newgarden's results for the year, you will like, you can understand how Alex Pillow has an 80 point lead. So start the season in St. Pete 17th for Joseph Newgarden. Not good. No. <laughs> first, ninth, 15th, seventh, first, 10th, second, 12th, fifth, first, first. Well, he's getting you know a little bit more consistent. Like he, like you notice how like his his worst race was in the in the, at the beginning of the season. He's yeah. kind of gradually not been as bad. Uh, yeah, I mean he's always know. been like that though, where it's just like just peaks and valleys, like total like feast or famine. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because if he like. I do feel like out of anyone in the field, including Alex Pillow, like if you absolutely need a win, like we'll do whatever it takes to win that week. I feel like Joseph Newgarden is your guy. I feel like he's the one who can make it happen if he absolutely needs to make it happen. As good as Alex Pillow has been and like as consistent as he has been, I don't think... Alex Pillow can win a race without like having the absolute best car. That's kind of how I feel. I'm not sure if there's a whole lot to back that up, but that's how I feel. I don't know. It's hard for me to say without like any knowledge of like, cause again, I'm coming at this as like, so a year ago, if you asked me like, how was IndyCar different? I'd be like, ah, they're all driving the same car kind of crap. Um, <laughs> you know, which is more true than not, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the resources going into the car, uh, for sure, <laughs> top of the line, especially if they're offering him $4 million, you know, and he, you know, there's cost saving him not crashing that car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they got more money to spend on, you know, tweaking it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, it, that's really hard to say. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know where I would land on that. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, It's more a feeling. It's just yeah. like an intuition. I, I'm not going to say anything without any like 
without any sniff, you know, of evidence. Um, well, and that's fair. And then what I'm doing is <laughs> well, that's totally fine to speculate. <laughs> is, yeah. Like saying something just that I feel there's no yeah. real evidence to back it up. I just kind of have a sense that's, that's emotionally where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I tell you, at least neither of these guys are going around calling themselves little Dave. Um, <laughs> little Dave Malukas. I could, I hate that he like coined it himself. I know you cannot pick your own nickname. I feel yeah. very strongly about that. I agree. I agree. You can't pick your own nickname. And if you do, it's gotta be better don't... than little Dave. Yeah, I'm little Dave. <laughs> um, like, and I know he said he's gonna, he's gonna call himself big Dave when, uh, like that's when he... almost worse. I'd rather he continued to call himself little Dave. <laughs> it's just, it's a little, it's a little weird. Little Dave. Um, Do you think it's a generational thing? I mean, he's like aggressively Gen Z. I, oh, I could see that. Have um, you seen like his Twitter and stuff? No. Is it just riddled with like meme culture? Yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah, yeah everything's probably, ironic kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably, uh, it's, you know, if you're a Gen Z listener, feel free to reach out. <laughs> Let us know how you feel about little Dave. <laughs> uh, we'll get contact information at the end of the show. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was just to hear that he, I, I didn't realize he was calling himself little Dave. No, this was the first time they brought it up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, if uh, do you think he's been walking around the paddock like all season? Like, I'm little Dave. <laughs> Someone goes it's... up to him and they like, hey, Dave, hey, David. He's like, excuse me. Little Dave. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of all new to me this week. Yeah. But yeah, I I was just very appalled to hear that he decided to call himself that. It was a standout moment for sure. Um, so it was definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm feel bad saying it, but I'm not a Malukas fan. He's a Chicago guy, so I'll give him a I'll give him a couple of shots. Uh well did you see he like took a selfie at the bean with his girlfriend? No, I didn't see that. It was aggressively suburban. Well, the, of course. <laughs> I mean, who did <laughs> but like I mean I haven't I can't tell you the last time I saw the bean. Well, um, I know that's what I mean. Like you don't go to the bean unless you don't live in Chicago. That's all right. I'm not gonna hold that against you. It's still kind of, you know. Still kind of interesting. And if you're not from Chicago, you've never been. There's this thing, uh, Cloudgate, uh, is its official name. Uh, the Bean. Uh, it's a giant silver, like lima bean looking thing. Uh, in in one of our biggest parks. <laughs> uh, people it, go and take. It was photos also there. the way he was dressed. It, he had like big sunglasses, and they had like Louis Vuitton, like logos on them. It was. It was just like the most Naperville anyone has ever Naperville. Yeah, but downtown Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm getting jaded. I because I, I used to be Chicagoans. We can be very protective of our city. Uh, and who oh, calls, to a fault. Yeah, yeah. And who calls themselves a Chicagoan? <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I'll still give Will Dave 
another chance here. For to clarify, I am saying this also as a suburban Chicagoan who went to the Bean. <laughs> I mean, I did it when I was like, like in yeah, high school. No, every, you know? like everyone did, but like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird thing to do when you're uh, when you're like at twenty. How old is he? Twenty one. Twenty two. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, he's little, so he's not that old. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know whatever i'm not gonna hold it against him i'll i'll let that he's got a couple more tickets to punch um before i write him off (laughs) i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad thing to be from the suburb of chicago like no i embrace it i think but it was just the most suburban thing i've ever seen in my life and it it makes sense (laughs) and i mean like i feel like i could only identify that if i you know like from knowing deeply what it's like to be from the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, no, I get it too. And like, you know, that's not something that as I, as a Chicago, I'm not going to scoff at that and be like, oh, he's tourists or whatever. I'll scoff at like, you know, people saying like, oh, are you dodging bullets and stuff? Like, oh yeah. You know, like Chicago is not really like that. Um, But you know, that's another story. I I get like anxiety when people are like, I'll be like, oh, I'm from, you know, the Chicago area. And they'll be like, oh, where from? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and I have to be like, oh, the suburbs. And then like... it, nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, cool. I'm from like Wicker Park, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you're like, I'm basically from Wisconsin. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like a deep insecurity for me. So that maybe that's why I'm having such a strong reaction to it. <laughs> and having lived in Denver for a while, oddly enough, you run into a lot of people who are from Chicago, like Chicago proper. Yeah, I can see that. But who knows? All right. Well, now that we've got a little psychoanalysis. And maybe we should Dave. move on. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what did you think of the weekend overall? There was I saw a lot of talk on Twitter about like the event itself because it was I mean it seemed like there was a good crowd. It wasn't it didn't look like it was as good as last year's crowd. Um but I saw a lot of stuff about like it not being a lot of hardcore fans. Like there were a lot of new people are probably coming to their first IndyCar race. Well that's good. You know? I, I agree, but I'm I'm curious as to what your take on that is. Um, as long as the stands are full, you shouldn't be complaining. Uh, I know yeah. this as a White Sox fan with some of the lowest attendance <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've ever had. Because um, you know it means money into the sport. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope it's a net positive. Uh, it cannot be cheap getting Ed Sheeran. And uh, those other big names out there. So Zach Brown, Carrie Underwood. And yeah. Then, uh, who's the last guy? Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. And, Kenny you know, Chesney. it's only four people, but like they're performing. I'm sure. I'm sure the concerts booking those costs at least. I'm going to guess, you know, half a million dollars, if not more. Um, yeah. So I hope I hope they can make some money off of that. And you had a, hopefully you had a lot of high V people out there and you got people interested. As long as you get eyes on the cars, that's all I care about. Um, well, see, I think the key to this whole thing is that high V is not making money on this. 
They're just yeah, because it's their it's like their corporate thing, right? This is yeah. Their... I feel like it's major. It's it's like a hospitality tent on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like High V probably was like, well, we could you know pay for a couple of suites at the Indy Five Hundred, or we could have our entire race with concerts and stuff that people who were trying to schmooze mm-hmm. don't really care about racing but like we can get them here and it's like this big deal and we've got these big names here and whatever and like i feel like we are just kind of like the happy benefactor of all of it (laughs) i mean (laughs) that's it's still good you know i mean uh overall like there's i nothing bad about it It, if you want to make it a big event i didn't like i did not like the commentators started Sunday's race off with like, you know, there's a couple, there's a few concerts here with some indie car races sprinkled in, which is totally true. But, <laughs> but like, I don't want you to say that on the broadcast. No, um, probably not. Yeah. Like it's getting a little too fourth wall. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like let's keep it to the race, but like, what do I know? You know, I don't know. But as um, we previously discussed about, David Malukas is that is that like attracting the Gen Z crowd <laughs> that they're like <laughs> so self aware? Yeah, well, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I maybe that's more attractive to the younger crowd. Who knows? That you know, the people producing this broadcast are probably smarter than me. To be honest, <laughs> they've probably been doing this a lot longer than I am. Producing this podcast, the broadcast, the broadcast. Oh, I was gonna say, I was like, they're definitely not smart. Well, <laughs> it's us, so it's as yeah. smart as you and less smart than you. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I, I kill some brain cells every weekend. Um, so, <laughs> well, do you think? Do you think they should cater more to? new fans or hardcore fans or experienced fans oh well you gotta keep it open i I, you know i think you gotta have something for everyone Mm -hmm. um and the hardcore fans have to welcome the new fans with open arms but also be aware you know you don't want new new fans coming in and being like wanting to change stuff right away without understanding why Mm -hmm. um i've i've dealt with that in other fandoms in my life (laughs) where you're playing a tight you're walking a tight rope of like you don't want to gatekeep but you Mm -hmm. also want to make sure that the people who are criticizing the thing that you love do actually love what you love as well yeah no that's (laughs) um so yeah it's it's hard um you know, and I, I think I think you should just uh, have something for everyone. And mm-hmm. if, if you've got the, you know, like they had the the pit. Uh, yeah, the, the pit stop competition. Mm-hmm. saw that going on there. Like that's something mm-hmm. for a hardcore fan, but also yeah. for a new fan, too, because it's like kind of engaging and like physical. Yeah. Um, and it's something else on track for them to see. And it teaches you, you know, yeah. like yeah. that's a, like a perfect event um because it it encapsulates all that stuff that you need yeah yeah i i'm kind of with you i mean i feel like in terms of having someone for everyone like each event doesn't necessarily have to have something for everyone no but like you can go do this do that 
Yeah. Know? Well, and like, I mean, for luckily for the hardcore IndyCar fans, like their biggest event is like for the hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. And like the Indy 500 is the Indy 500. And there's nothing. I mean, there is like the snake pit and whatever, but there's still 300,000 people sitting their ass in a seat to watch the race. Yeah. Which is more than any NFL game, more than any college football game, more than any soccer game, more than any NASCAR race, more than any F1 race. Like you still have that and the entire show that day is the race. That's why every single person is there. So I'm okay with, even if it's, you know, a couple of races throughout the year, like I'm sure Nashville is not all, you know, like this is a street race. This is IndyCar. Oh my God. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's like, howdy, let's get some beers and watch these cars, you know? Yeah, you probably... (laughs) No offense to our Tennessee fans, but... (laughs) Dude, I love Tennessee. Nashville's awesome. Um, I've not really spent any time there, so this is very, like... But, like... Hardcore stereotyping. Even, like, the people from Nashville probably are not going down Broadway and hopping into all those bars. It's kind of touristy. Yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of a cool little spot, too, at the same time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm, I guess my point is I'm good with like having some events throughout the year that are not geared towards the hardcore fan because it could bring more people into the sport and make more people interested. And like, yeah, if I were to go to Iowa, like I didn't care about the concerts last year. It didn't matter to me who like, I didn't care that like, I can't Gwen Stefani. Like I didn't. I didn't want to sit down and watch a Gwen Stefani concert for 45 minutes, you know, but I still went and like, I I, watched the race and that was great. Like I might sit down for a Gwen Stefani concert. If it's like part of the race, like the tickets included, you know, (laughs) no, I mean, nothing against Gwen Stefani. It's just like, there's just some iconic, there's some iconic songs and you probably see some stuff like probably some good people watching at that show. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's good people watching at any race. (laughs) (laughs) You get, the summer in the sun and drinking involved stuff's going to people yeah. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, they should, I, I think they got a good program there, you know, mm-hmm. four, four concerts. Cool. You know, Ed Sheeran waving the flag. Um, fine by me, man. Um, like <laughs> I yeah. feel like you should not complain that there are new fans watching or even if they, you know, even if they're not the most hardcore, they're not actually like watching, they're sitting on their phone or whatever, like they still bought a ticket. So yeah, Yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Did, did it feel like a big event to you? Like watching it on TV? It felt like a, a big event for the venue, you know, like for Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fair, fair. Yeah. Like it was like, Oh, this is definitely where all the, like, this is the happening thing in Iowa right now. Um, Mm. And like, I don't think there's anything bigger going on. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Um, no, I don't, I don't think the Iowa State Fair has started yet. So <laughs> I, I did or like last as of last weekend. I did like the obligatory uh, Field of Dreams entrance. Uh, <laughs> you know, if there's one critique I have for that entrance, it's, uh, you know, and people do this every every time people quote, you know, it's the is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Mm-hmm. They, they forget the pregnant pause that is in the movie. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, he's like, 
is this heaven? And he goes, no, it's Iowa. You got to give that a little breathing room. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I appreciated that. Yeah. It reminded me of Field of Dreams baseball game. uh, Like so many other, the movie, obviously. So that's good. Yeah. The King of Corn, the King of Corn. We haven't even brought that up yet. Amazing. I didn't really want to talk about that. That's a great title. (laughs) (laughs) I want him to wear like a WWE wrestling belt with corn on it. You know, I don't know. I no, no. It, it's too close to the milk gimp. Which <laughs> wait, what? What'd you just say to me? We're not going to talk about that. We're I don't think we should that. say whatever you just said again. <laughs> I don't know if that's proper. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll cut that out. But <laughs> I, I, I just I I think I heard something, but I don't know. I yeah, well. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline okay that's (laughs) yeah that's something you don't need to be exposed to right now (laughs) anyway well i'm that's i'm good on iowa i'm good on iowa too man i feel Um, like it's just too much to talk about like yeah well we covered a lot of it you know yeah um and this isn't uh like a play-by-play or anything like a race review it's kind of like what's the cool stuff that happened how does this impact the future yeah um so yeah. i'm cool to wipe my hands yeah me too i don't it's hard to talk about it in like an hour <laughs> like yeah. to, like i said before it's two races like this would literally be it could, it could be a, if it weren't one weekend so if you've yeah. made it through our other episodes they've gone on probably too long <laughs> so this one could go on you know be here yeah. all night yeah no yeah yeah okay well i'm good are are you good yeah i'm good i'm good on good on that all right well so what do you think we kind of brushed over it but like what do you think about moving to the finale to to nashville as was reported uh, for 2024 which was reported by um both nathan brown of the indy star and uh adam stern of the sports business journal i think it's cool i'm glad they're finishing it on broadway um you know broadway in nashville was like the street with all the Mm -hmm. music venues and stuff um Mm -hmm. tons and tons of drinking um (laughs) so i think i think it's a perfect you know i haven't seen the nashville race i know it's chaotic Mm -hmm. so i think that worries me a little bit uh if it's a tight championship race um Mm -hmm. but like i said it'd be cool to see joseph win a championship um like imagine if he's performing at this level next year or even better and he wins the championship in Nashville. Like, I don't know. That that's a good I mean, he's finished second in the championship like each of the last four years. So like I think you can pretty much count on him to be there or to be in contention at least. Even if he's not in even if he's not the favorite to win or is like threatening to win, I, I would still count on him to be like mathematically eligible. Um, the thing I like about it is that it's like an attempt to give it an identity, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I don't feel like having the championship deciding race in Monterey, like Monterey is like one of the coolest places in the entire world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but 
it's not the best place to watch a race. It's not the most exciting race. And you're kind of like, like wine country. Yeah. The hills of wine country doesn't like amp you up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of like, oh, let's sit back and have a couple glasses of wine. And uh, yeah. And the know, city have a nice dinner and the city of Nashville. That's kind of like, I feel like they embrace the race. Yeah. I told you when I was down there recently, they like yeah. someone had a replica of the trophy <laughs> yeah. sitting in the bar. I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's like a thing there. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think you Nashville makes a lot of sense for the finale, uh, in terms of, you know, like this big event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think, I think it's a, even if it doesn't totally pan out exactly like, everyone is probably hoping Mm -hmm. like I still appreciate the effort of like I said trying to give it an identity like I I don't think that's happened since 2011 in Vegas which elephant in the room did not go well I don't even know man but uh that is when Dan Weldon died oh yes oh well yeah so (laughs) okay well yeah that makes sense yeah that that was like the last time they tried to like do something with it, you mm-hmm. know. And like they had it in it Fontana for a couple of years, and it was like a ghost town. It felt like they were, you know, they, it felt like they were running at an empty racetrack kind of thing. Like I don't know. Yeah. Then they had it in Sonoma for a while again. Wine country. Can't get away. Similar vibe. Um, it's Doug Bowles. He wants to end the year, you know, a nice glass of Chardonnay. <laughs> For the record, Doug Bowles not involved in that decision at all, as Doug far Bowles, as I know. He is he's a man. He I love how everything. you yeah, I love how you've like <laughs> projected him onto like or as the face of the series. Well, it's just I don't know. That's how that's how my brain works. I need a figurehead. Um, and if it's not like this, might seem weird, but it's like you know, if you're looking at the uh, the org chart, Doug Bowles is at the top. James Hinchcliffe is right there. <laughs> <laughs> the Doug Bowles and James Hinchcliffe are deciding the fate of the IndyCar series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just gonna let you believe that i'm not gonna try and correct you i'm just gonna let that go see where see where it takes us (laughs) yeah Uh, um other race news is there anything else you wanted to say about nashville Nashville? no i'm good okay um not trying to rub your nose in it but i kind of am uh marshall pruitt reported that uh there's rumblings that the gallagher grand prix which is the August race at, at IMS potentially could be swapped for a race in Milwaukee next year. Just and it, wanna, if want to point is, that out, uh, Mister, that ain't happening, Chief. <laughs> if this is your first episode listening to us, uh, a while back AJ brought this up when Doug Bowles, Doug Bowles, right? That was who was spotted up there. No, <laughs> it was Roger Penske, Roger Penske, decision sorry. maker. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so I keep mixing the two. Um, but yeah, he was spotted up in Milwaukee, and that's when you started getting speculative uh, about this. 
Um, well, the rumors have been there for years. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Well, I just felt like, is it really going to happen for next year? In my mind, this stuff has to have some time to some, you know, like they would announce it for like 2025. Um, well, see, the thing that the context you might not have for this is that NASCAR is debating on going back to the Oval at IMS. And so if NASCAR were to go back to the Oval, that kind of squashes the doubleheader. Mm-hmm. That kind of was the whole reasoning for the Gallagher Grand Prix for the second IMS road course race. So when, because it takes like a full day for them to convert from like oval to road course. So it's, it's not feasible to have them both running there on different, like IndyCar on the road course and NASCAR on the oval, because NASCAR would also have to like qualify and have practice on the oval. Yeah. So can't make some match like that. Yeah. It wouldn't work. So that I think is, kind of the engine behind this potential change so that might i don't because i know you don't follow yeah i had no idea at all so you're um, you're laying out the dominoes um yeah so yeah i mean you know i dude like we said if it if indycar comes to milwaukee next year we're gonna have a huge cookout and stuff uh Mm -hmm. you guys will all be invited uh (laughs) yeah we got brats we'll have spotted cow Oh, hell yeah. Um, you know, so I'm excited. I want it to happen. Don't get me wring. I just felt like, you know, it was, it was going to be too much too soon. I'm going to issue a correction. We're going to have Miller High Life because that's way cheaper than well, uh, Spotted I'll have, Cow. I'll, but, have a, I'll have a sixer. The sentiment cow. is there. And we can pour it into <laughs> little taster glasses. Be like, hey, this is what they, the, the good people drink, you know. <laughs> I didn't really have a whole lot to say about that other than that I'm excited well, you, for whenever Milwaukee ends up back on the schedule, but I just wanted to hear you. You back. had to bring it up. I knew yeah. you had to bring it up. Rub it in my face. <laughs> um, um, but also part of that report was that there's a potential for a gateway doubleheader, which would be cool. I'm into that. Yeah. I don't yeah. I feel More, like two doubleheaders is a lot, but I'd still think that'd be cool. Yeah, two double headers might be a lot. This weekend was like a lot. I I just have to get used to it. I have to kind yeah. of prep. And this year I didn't really have, you know, we were so late in the game in terms of like my scheduling for the year mm-hmm. that I didn't have the time to kind of plan my life around this stuff yeah. um, or incorporate it into my schedule a little bit more. So, yeah. 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 Uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how anyone's <laughs> how it goes for anyone, I think. True, true. No, I think we all have sympathy <laughs> for you. There's always stuff going on that you're not planning. So, yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else. I don't cool. know if there's anything else you want to cover. No, you know, man, I'm I'm happy New Garden uh, has put himself in a good position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm happy that uh, you know, I'm still riding that Lungard high, that win. A little bit. Um, I'm excited for, for you know, uh, the next one. So, cool. all right. Well, uh, if you don't have any final thoughts, no, nothing. No. I'm good. All right, cool. Just, uh, yeah, looking forward to Nashville, which we'll have another episode next week. Kind of looking forward to that. Hell yeah, man! All right. Well, if you enjoyed this uh show, I am Tyler. Uh, that is AJ, and we have been the 16th Street Scanner. 
feel free to shoot us an email at 16streetpod at gmail.com or tweet at us, shoot us a DM at 16streetpod on Twitter or X or whatever. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, you know, you can subscribe to our Substack. We used to have a little, like, uh, the Substack had some weird thing on there asking for money. Uh, we didn't like that, so we took it down because we, yeah, you know, do not pass. We, <laughs> none of this deserves any sort of compensation. Yeah. Um. So, but if you did, thank you. Um. So we know there's a couple of you out there. Uh. So thanks. Um. If you like the show, please. The best thing you can do instead of giving us money. Leave us a review, subscribe, listen to us, you know, every week. We hope we're like, you know, just some some friends around the table uh, and you enjoy our opinions or, you know, even if you just want to send us your opinions, you know, please send us a voicemail, uh, voice memo, something like that. Anything. We will gladly read it out. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening and shout out to Money Wishes for our intro and outro music. Bye. Three, two, one. Turn to go! Here they come! Coming to the finish line! Bob Jenkins, who's gonna win it?